Hi, I'm Orla McGuinness. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. And this is The Recommendation Game, a weekly film podcast where we take turns to pick a film the other has not seen, we watch, and then we meet to discuss it. This week's film is Mustang, directed by Denis Gamzer Ergoven, produced by Charles Gilbert, written by Denis Gamzer Ergoven and Alice Winokur, starring Gunes Sensoy, Donia Duguslu, Elite Ishkan. Music by Warren Ellis, and cinematography by David Shizelet and Ersin Gok, edited by Mathilde van de Mortel. The IMDb synopsis is as follows. When five orphan girls are seen innocently playing with boys on a beach, their scandalized conservative guardians confine them while forced marriages are arranged. Uh, this week's film was uh, chosen by Ricardo, who also just thankfully read the names out because I couldn't do it. It's because I pretend to know how to pronounce them. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he has the confidence with it that I don't. Not uh, the accuracy, though. So uh, why did you pick this film, Ricardo? It's one of those cases that is a movie that I, uh, as I was watching the first time, because it's quite a recent movie, mm. uh, I thought that you would have liked it. And that's basically it. There's a lot to talk about yeah. in the sense of society yeah. and how the film is made. Yeah. Uh, but basically, I thought that it was a film that you would like. Uh, so when did you first see this? I saw it when it came out. 2015, I think? Yeah. Yeah, because I remember it wasn't, la- it wasn't last year. It was the year before that it made a big splash at different festivals. Yeah, in Cannes and, and stuff, yeah. So it would have been last year when it made it to Ireland. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Um, so did you like it? Was I right? Or <laughs> that little... T- is that I, I fucked up again? Uh, no, um, you didn't fuck up. Um, I there are a lot of things I like about this film. Um, there are, I also had some problems with it. Like I don't, um, what I didn't realize when I was watching it, but I only found out afterwards was that this is actually a debut debut feature, which is quite impressive. I take take that into account the more I was thinking about it because I don't think this isn't a perfect film and I don't think it is completely successful in what it sets out to do but considering that it is an AB feature and it is still quite impressive and there's things that I really really liked about it but uh which I'll talk about first <laughs> um this is uh this is not meant as a criticism at all because I think that works to the film's credit but um I find this film like so claustrophobic and tense and like just and it it builds and builds and builds um I think like initially you're kind of you're like dropped into the film it it starts to ramp up the kind of the tension the claustrophobia very very quickly which I don't know if it is completely successful in that but by the time you're kind of getting to the point where they're starting to marry the girls off. By that point, the film has kind of got a hold of itself. And by that point, I was just so sucked into the, like, the the claustrophobia and the creepiness of the world that they're locked into that it kind of got away with it for me. Um, What I mean when I say that uh, the claustrophobia works is, as I feel that it's only through that kind of locked-in environment that you really get to know the girls because well, I've kind of I remember I think I wrote it down whenever I was watching it that at the start when you're kind of in, you you're not necessarily really sort of introduced to them it's just they're like this weird I wrote in the word wolf pack I think because that's kind of what they're like they they they're so um you can, it's very hard to differentiate between them. they're just sort of like a mass of like screaming and hair and you know and like just boisterous youthful energy so it's not until kind of as the film develops and you kind of get closer to them, uh, you really start to kind of get to know them. And I think one of the strengths of the film is um, that you are seeing a lot of it through the eyes of the youngest girl, um, Lily. Lily. So it's kind of like her perspective and it's obviously uh, her narrating it as well. Because you're, you're kind of, you're taking it kind of from someone who's within the world she is really the main character and she kind of becomes more the main character as it goes on I think that through that you're able to get to know them even better and to really get um because it's funny like how much I thought about um the virgin suicides like there's a lot I thought of a lot of films actually whenever I was watching this but obviously the virgin suicides really sticks out for a few reasons not just that the plot is kind of similar but that like 
the really similar visual style as well not even in just the kind of floaty camera work but also in like um color palettes and stuff you yeah. know cause like, like pastels like pastel pinks and pastel even though they're two really different environments and two different eras but i think that well. it works far more yeah in this because it, it has the color of turkey yeah well i think like what i'd say is that even though the the color the pastels um is very much isolated to within their house you know what i mean whereas i think uh, then kind of whenever they get outside house slash prison yeah whenever they kind of get outside it, it is turkey but the kind of idea in uh divergent suicides of how they're like weird sort of idealized idea like ver- versions of girls of teenage girls and how because it is kind of from the perspective of their neighbors so like is it, they live across the street isn't it like the boys yeah i believe so yeah, yeah and they like watch because i can't remember i read the book but i can't really remember the film as well um whereas in this you're kind of getting them from the perspective of the girls themselves so you really feel much more they don't feel like weird kind of wafy you know they they feel like solid real people like real characters yeah. real identifiable you know even though like they, they they look very similar and you know they they all they have a kind of a language between them that's like so different from like the the kind of um conservative grown-ups are really most of the the adults. casting is amazing in the sense of getting all the the girls to look similar enough to be sisters yeah but, but they're that they're not identifiable yeah and also they're all very good actresses i thought in the movie yeah, that they I do don't... their job right yeah like, even the characters they're not as developed as lally mm. that they still make a mark in the movie and as they get married off as you were saying you miss their presence in the wolf yeah. pack it, it becomes the group becomes less and less self-sufficient because mm. it depends on the five of them to be together for to succeed like a yeah. wolf pack. It's yeah, a good, uh, yeah. no, that's, that's exactly what I thought. Um, uh, it's funny as well, I kind of thought of, um, well, there were two kind of, you know, home prison films that I thought of and uh, one of them was uh, Dogtooth. Have you, did you ever see I haven't see seen that? Dogtooth, no. Um, I also thought of... Um, uh we are the best a bit as well oh yeah that's uh, one yeah. of the, the 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 reasons that i picked it because yeah. i think that it dealt with issues because i've seen this way before you picked we are the best yeah that i i always wanted to pick this movie mm. but i had to wait a little bit because it's too similar <laughs> to we are the best yeah well but yeah. it's the way that it deals with issues that i did raise in the episode for we are mm. the best differently because it's a different culture it's quite interesting as a yeah. comparison piece uh, it could almost be an episode of um, um, The Last Picture Show. Ah, The Next Picture Show. The Next Picture Show. The <laughs> Last Picture Show, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Bridges shows up without a show. Uh, but going back to your first point, original point, that the movie just kicks in straight away. Mm. That was the first thing that I noticed watching the movie. I, I went to see it. it. It was one of those movies that... Uh, I would be killing time in town. I can't remember mm. for what. As Maybe I'll meet a friend in three hours time. But I was doing something else before. And sometimes I just go to the cinema to watch something. Because it's the quickest way to kill time. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about the movie. Mm. So I sat there. And it gave me thoughts afterward. Of why it worked so well for me. That mm. that happened. It's because usually the movie will start with an idyllic moment in their lives it's like everything is okay this is the normal mm. and then goes in is that it shows straight away that the normal situation for them is already fucked up yeah it's not uh, uh they had a good existence and then there's like an escalating force let's say if the movie had started and their parents were alive mm. which would have been the normal starting point and then they die and they go to live with the conservative parents. Yeah. So you have a comparison of how good life used to be to how shit life is now. Yeah. Is that in this movie starts right away. It's like, this is their life. Mm. And it's just going to get worse. So, yeah. And that's why it gives a, a latitude, I think, to build that tension that you mentioned. Because if uh, the first half hour of the movie was uh, portraying this idyllic life before... Mm, the, the fall yeah the transition from that to an actual prison escape mm. would have been too narrow i think that because the movie has the full length of it basically the an hour 45 minutes to build that tension 
Yeah, you think it would have been a waste of time at the start to kind of... It's, yeah, it's not, not a waste um... of time, but I don't think it would have had the same effect that it did for me. Yeah. That for me, it, because I was expecting, uh, oh, they're having fun. Mm. Shit is going to go sour afterwards. And because straight away they come back and they start getting the shit kicked out of them. Mm. It hit me straight away going, this is permanent life. Yeah. This <clears throat> is normal behavior yeah, this is their yeah. this is not a weird thing for them mm. so um and even the reaction of the grandmother straight after when the fa- the uncle comes in mm. and she's defending them yeah i was like oh there's had even worse things in the background that we don't see in the beginning yeah is that in that little bit already the tension that works at the end that uh, it sells the 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 motion of what the uncle uncle would actually do to them if he catches them mm. so yeah that's I, it, I, I think part of it is because it starting quickly wasn't necessarily a, a problem for me it was more that they're kind of immediately um rebellious the very very start like um i can't remember which one of them where she breaks the chair i think it's um lally is screaming at the woman as well who like um, dobbed them into their to their relatives it didn't have enough to kind of build in their rebellion to the end whenever they kind of make their prison break you know what i mean it felt a little bit i kind of understand why it's there for them to kind of have a need to lock them in in the first place but it just felt a bit it it felt too considering that like these girls they're in their own little universe and they're they're backing each other up all the time so they're going to be different from other you know they're orphans they're going to be different from other Turkish girls but at the same time they just I don't know it seemed when you see everything that comes later it seemed in retrospect just too too rebel like too like forward too like would you would they really have said that to- I I had a different take on that I I, I thought that especially watching a second time which is the good thing about mm. doing this is that I whoever picked the movie always has more time with the movie. Yeah. It is especially in a second watch that you realize how even though Lali is the youngest, mm. she's really the leader. And mm. if you see she was always rebellious and everybody uh follows her. She jumps in the sea first. Mm. She's the one that goes, Let's find this old lady. And when they run up to her, mm. everybody else is quiet. It's Lali who shouts at her. Yeah. She breaks the chair. I think that Did is... Did she break the chair? Yeah, she breaks the chair and starts making of, the um, fire. I kind of thought as well that maybe it was because it is so much of this is kind of from her perspective that maybe it's meant to be that it's not like slightly exaggerated maybe yeah. because it's kind of like her perspective yeah, it could be like the unreliable narrator kind of thing. Yeah, because she is obviously actually narrating it as well, which I wasn't a massive fan of. Yeah, it's it's weird when uh, it's a subtitle movie as well because you're not picking up on the the, the voice as much uh, yeah, as if you're doing it in an yeah, English movie. That's true, actually. Um, not that it's an issue, obviously, because foreign films can deal with the same things as English yes. language movies. Well, but how many non-English language films have we picked for this podcast? <laughs> Uh, the what I thought of that transition that you're mentioning mm. is that Lali's character just turns from rebellious to actually rebellion. Yeah, and that's her journey. And I think the uh, the journey of the five sisters, mm. you see the level of rebellion. I think that originates with Lali. The oldest one has an arranged marriage that she wants nothing to do with, but she just goes on with it. Okay. Mm. The second one rebels. The wedding and, is so depressing. Oh, especially because it's a double wedding. One oh that is like a couple with really the, in the love. sheets and all. Oh, Jesus. And a lot of gunfire. Oh my. Uh, I was just like, oh, like. How many people are killed at weddings in Turkey because of like just falling bullets and stuff? Like, but the probability is uh, just because of wind. Is, they're in the middle of the countryside. It's not like yeah. you can do that in Istanbul and get away with it. <laughs> the, the second one gets married. Her rebellion is actually meeting the guy by herself before marrying him and yeah, getting yeah, him to yeah. ask for her hand in marriage the well, third doesn't she reject the first guy or something or... no uh, she uh, they're gonna try to marry her off and because she's already in love mm. with your man uh they bring the older sister because they came uh, to get yeah, her yeah, yeah. and uh, the 
grandma actually says it's like if you're in love with somebody you can marry nobody's gonna force you to marry anybody yeah you just have to get him to do ask it, your hand yeah, do it through the proper yeah. channels don't like <laughs> just go around and screw in the woods so the middle child shoots herself in the head i what when i watched that i was jesus two movies in a row where out of yeah, the blue suicides so uh the third one the whole rebellion is actually checking out mm. which is the biggest rebellion let's say mm. and the checking second youngest which is lolly's direct sister let's say the, yeah. the closest to lolly she flees with lolly mm. on her wedding night so i think the, if you see the influences that the older sister spent the less amount of time with lolly because she gets married let's say mm. first so I think that the rebellion starts, like the the influence of having that younger sister that is a a, a firecracker basically. The, yeah. And that's what I took from the movie. The and even how she develops her rebelliousness in the mm. beginning is fun or revenge, and then it's about life. It's about the future, future rather yeah. than the immediate present. Mm and uh, seeing how her older sister looked at the wedding just going around drinking like sculling pints (laughs) that scene whenever she's in the hospital like with the doctor whenever they make they take her in to do like another you know virgin test basically oh god it actually made me feel so uncomfortable watching that as in yeah it put me in the position of being a woman yeah because it's shot so well over the top you so can't you can't even, see you can't what the doctor is yeah, doing it's... so it felt to me going like oh jesus how fucking weird is this because obviously as a man i don't have virginity tests or a gynecologist uh, <laughs> yeah. browsing about i'll tell you now it's no fun <laughs> i know like uh, but i never had um i knew in theory yeah, what entails but that really puts you in the, the, yeah, the shoe because yeah, you, yeah. Do, you just hear a voice and you don't know what's going on yeah that shot is just jesus i do think that there's like minor flaws in the movie mm. but i think that at least so far the flaws that you brought up are things that i actually like about the movie mm. which it, it they're weird choices but i think i think that i think that they paid off yeah and you think that maybe they didn't pay off as much as you wish they did yeah that's kind of yeah well i mean as well like another uh thing is that kind of basically the character of the the uncle um it's like another example of a character that is just like oh how evil can we make him uh, yeah just whenever the whole the kind of the whole thing of like the abuse came out I don't know, it felt it felt like it was too far. Like, it, he was just... You, you know how... Because I think that, like, the treat... Like, the, how they deal with all the other characters, uh, even, like, like, the aunt and the... You know, and how they're, like, you know, obviously still restricted within that society. So that, like, they can only help the girls so much. But they're presented in much more kind of, um, you know, sympathetic... Yeah, they're trying Even to though, give them the best life yeah, that they can exactly. in that society. Yeah. Well, that they think that Whereas, they can. Whereas, like, the uncle is just, like, a prick. And, it, yeah, I just, I felt, it felt unnecessary when everything else that was going on and happening to these girls, that at the same time, he was also abusing them. As well as, like, you know, abusing them, like, you know, psychologically. And... But I think of the uncle is the, the the revelation that it comes out that he's abusing them comes in fairly late in the movie. Yeah. And I, I thought that I... up to that point, he seemed like a man of his place in time, not particularly more evil than other men there. It's just that the society is evil yeah. in itself. So if you're, if you grow up in that kind of society, mm obviously there are exceptions to the rule but if they tell you hitting a woman is right from the moment that you're two years old yeah to, until you're 30 you're indoctrinated let's say to okay, that yeah so like i'm not defending any of the actions that he does but you can understand the character and because it seems until that point in the way that he deals with the kids yeah that he's a, a decent enough person considering um yeah but then but i i actually think that it's needed for the fear that they have 
on the escape. Otherwise, having an actual prison break in the movie. But they're they're locked in. Yeah, but already, I I just it it felt like the film didn't need it. Like, they're... but they're locked in with him. That's the 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 thing. Is that to escape something is not about just being locked in. It's escaping. Like well, the Shawshank Redemption thing. No, if, but they're uh, they're not just escaping him. They're escaping being sold off to marriage as well. They're, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just that, oh, you're here and you can't leave. It's like, you know, when you're going to leave, you're going to leave with the man that we picked that you're going to have sex with, even if you're only like 15 or no, whatever. It, yeah. Like the, the grandma actually says, that's why I think I disagree with you on that point. I actually made a note that I deleted because I didn't save my notes. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> When they lock themselves in the house mm-hmm. at the, the wedding of the second youngest, the grandma says to her, nobody told you to accept this wedding. If you had said no before, mm. it was okay. Now, by like their society, like it would be too much loss of face, you know? Yeah. Is the, the society kind of uh, forces women to be passive, let's say. Yeah. So they don't say no. It's it's the moment that she realizes this is real, that she has to get married, that she breaks off. I think that if the father wasn't there, the the, the uncle wasn't there, mm. it would have been just, oh, I called off the wedding is uh, loss of face, uh, embarrassment, but it's nothing as bad as calling off the wedding and staying there with him. Yeah, but... <sighs> I... Perhaps it shouldn't have been going down the route of rape. Yeah, like it just, it felt like, I mean, he's already been represented as like, you know, aggressive. And, you know, and even like from that first conversation where you first see him, he's there with the granny. Or is it the granny or? Is it yeah, the, the grandma. Yeah, and uh, you know, whenever she like hits them and everything. And, you know, she's clearly kind of afraid of him. He's, he's clearly a bit of a brute. You know, and even whenever they're in the car with him, and like, you know, he's just, he's not, he, you can understand that he is of a time and a place, but also that he is, you know, he's just, he, he, he's not a good guy. Like, oh, yeah. Like, as so, the film goes on, he becomes worse and yeah, worse. But and I that, think like, that in the beginning, in my point was in the beginning, he just seemed a man of his time and place. Yeah, but I think and, that even without, if you could imagine that the whole rape thing wasn't there, that he is shown in other ways to be. Like as he but becomes... without the rape scene, the rape scene. Sorry, without the the rape angle, revelation. without the the revelation or angle of the character, the ending otherwise wouldn't make any sense. Because the teacher, because they go to stay with her teacher in Istanbul, if they just say we're fleeing because our parents are religious, they have no way of staying. Mm. But because they have a crime that they can report on him. Is that it is a happy ending because they will go to court, they will go to whatever the teacher mm. would take care. Is that otherwise it would just be, oh, they're shitty parents, but they're doing everything legally. So you have to go back to your parents and stay there until you're 18 and then you can decide where you go. The same as if it was in Ireland mm. and you're an atheist and your parents are super Catholic. You have to, unless they hit you or do things that are illegal to do to kids, mm. you have to stay there until you're you've come of age or become yeah. emancipated and i think like if it happened in ireland let's say mm. in the ultra religious uh, section of ireland <laughs> i'm not gonna name names <laughs> and you fled to dublin to stay with your old teacher mm. if you just went oh my parents are shit like they don't let me play gta 5 because they're ultra religious like the parent, the teacher would go have to go. I can't help you, but if there is a case, I yeah, I, yeah, the... I know what you mean. I think it's just like because the whole thing of it is that they're rebelling against the society. The like the the not like nothing to do with like you know because obviously like abuse of your relatives is not part of the society. Like that is just an outside thing by this one fucked up guy. Well, it's actually, like, it, it is uh, <laughs> far more common in, in well, third world countries. Well, considering women don't have a voice and can't speak up yeah. and, you know, like it's not. But I don't you, think that it's as rare as 
would be let's say no but if you go back a certain amount of time in ireland it becomes more prevalent for but for certain reasons as well you know what i mean like yeah that's just, a that's yeah, my point but, is um but like at the same time it's still something that is illegal and frowned upon so like for the whole like that's not what they were rebelling against from the start in my mind like it didn't it didn't seem as if like like the whole time that what especially because they're so rebellious and like if if this is like the punishment for like their rebellion it, i felt like they wouldn't be as like aggressive as they are like i you know what i mean it, it doesn't quite in my mind work that they're not just under the thumb of the whole like society as a whole and of, of like their female relatives but also like this guy that's you know also a douche yeah but, but the it, only two that actually rebel rebel is the second oldest that marries yeah well uh, rebel rebel but at the same time like even speaking out in the way that they do surely would lead to some kind of horrible punishment so you know they get the crap beat out of them by their grandmother you know like it's it it doesn't quite but in a sympathetic way well yeah but like it doesn't quite the same way how she turns off the TV when she sees that they're in the crowd for oh, the football match. Oh, I love match. that. I, no, that was the ant, wasn't it? Or yeah, was the, the ant that she <laughs> breaks the electricity tower. <laughs> and then she just throws some stones at it and it just falls. I was like, oh yeah, that's not Turkish engineering. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. For me, it just... It, it didn't feel necessary. And I understand what you mean for the ending, but like for me... They didn't feel like the ending was massively hopeful because it kind of felt like they were never really going to escape, that they would go there, but ultimately they would have to go back. Yeah, but it, it, that leaves uh, uh, an open-endedness to it. Yeah, it's true. Well, if <clears throat> there's no crime committed, and even considering the new law coming out in Russia, I don't know how Turkey is. Yeah, I see that. If it was just beating up, still... I think that they would send the kids back. Yeah. Don't think that there would be a legal case for it. And I think that's why as well uh, the director is so oblique about it. That it's just a man walking through corridors and stuff. And doesn't actually depict the act that graphically. Yeah. Because well, I think it's of, more... A lot of it is kind of... Implied. Implied. You're not seeing a lot. Like, in, just even... Even like you know the, the the sex scenes or you know there's no there's nothing graphic in this which is you know like to its strength I think. And I think it, it could have been a writer's decision rather than a director's decision to include that just oh, to make yeah. the logic of the end because there's one logic uh, point in the movie that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. And it's so jarring, but it's so small. Mm. That when they make their escape, they obviously make their escape with everybody knowing that they're leaving because they already locked themselves in. So obviously when they're looking in, they would look everywhere. It's not like if they go to the well, into yeah, the bedroom they, and they saw them sleeping that they would stop. Oh, and they, they still they, do yeah. they still put on the, the fake head with the hair well, I guess. and shows them opening the cover. Yeah. And they weren't even planning to do it that day. It's just that Lali finds the keys I guess, uh, I guess that, like, it's like, Lale La- 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 is a child, I guess, is kind of the... Yeah, it's just a weird cutaway. It's like, they're, they're in yeah. the, in the <laughs> sleeping and the, the flashbacks oh, hey. and everything. And then suddenly it's like, doo-doo, and like the lips, that she makes lips. <laughs> like, I like the point in the sense of building that. Yeah. But that shot was like, why yeah, is it there? That's a good point. <laughs> and the, one of the questions I was going to have for you... Mm. But I didn't write it down, so I'm rambling as usual. Um, <laughs> what do you think, as a woman that has grown up in a part of Ireland that uh, might be construed as religious, <laughs> do you think that there's a lot of similarities between their childhood and your childhood? Because you spoke about this in the episode of We Are the Best, uh, like being punky and stuff. And yeah. No, it's the, the opposite um side of the coin let's say not well obviously like this is this is so extreme like you can 
oh, you know, for me, I can. Re- well, I'm not suggesting that no, anything know, that I happened know. to the girls <laughs> happened to you. Obviously not, but like I know what you mean. Um, like obviously I can relate a lot e- easier to you know kids in secular Stockholm in the eighties much more easily than I can to girls in Turkey because it's so different but I kind of get it from sort of like um, teenagers like young girls and teenage girls sexuality and how even still or even when I was growing up anyways of how like it's not feared but it's like it's always implied and you're brought up to think of it as something that you should never really talk about as a girl and that like no matter what you know you're you have to be a lady and you have to be you know you can't be a slut you can't be so I, I kind of relate to it on on that level because it's it is that kind of like weird like the, the idea of like how young men are treated in comparison to how young women are treated and how so much of like even when it comes to things like consent and and women are told to you look out you look after yourself you wear inappropriate clothing that you're, it's your fault because you're bringing on the attention and then if anything happens to you then you kind of deserve it and then you'll be solid forever and you know kind of in the same way of how like in this country like pregnancy is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you that like you know you like that pregnancy only happens to like say teenage girls it only happens to girls that are slutty and they deserve it and they should be forced to have that child and they'll have ruined their life and that'll be it forever Obviously, that then continues in different ways into later life as a woman. But, like, if you look at, say, for teenage girls now, I think there are more kind of, like, resources along the lines of, like, Rookie and stuff like that where people are finally starting to talk about teenage girls and, and sexuality and, and, like, being confident in themselves and not, you know, the idea of being a teenager but not and being a teenage girl but not needing, not, not everything being about boys approving of you. Sorry, we were getting better. President Pussy Grabbers and yeah, the well, he's not our president. Um. <laughs> Literally, not my president. <laughs> yeah, safe, safe in our little <laughs> stuck between Brexit and Trump. Um, but even okay, like, back to the movie now. Uh, yeah, uh, I went on a bit of a tangent there. That was well, your like fault. Was for my, <laughs> I knew there was a lot of questions, but like I wanted um, your take on, on the issue yeah, because like it is a political movie. Yeah. As in, well, like. If you can call feminism political, it's not fucking political. Feminism is just it's human just rights co-opted. and decency. Yeah, it's just co-opted by politics far too frequently, which is how we end up with men legislating things that they shouldn't be legislating. It's a film with a message, but it's not a message movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because feminism is not politics; <laughs> it's common sense for fuck's sake. <laughs> but. Um, also, like I do agree in a way of the the sense that is less about society because the guy is a rapist. Um, mm. Because but, I, I like the portrayal. I don't know if overall, side. overall, that that detracts from that. Oh yeah, like yeah. A, 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 I did like how uh, their the society is portrayed, not like if they were living in the middle of fucking murder or, or something. You know, it's quite idyllic, the place where they live. And when they Did leave... Did you say the... Mordor? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, where? The big um... red eye is watching you. Yeah, um, like it's... It feels... Even their house, If you take all houses. the shit... If you yeah. take all the, all the shit that happens to them, yeah. it's quite idyllic. Yeah, like they're, they, you know, they live on... They live on the... Was it the coast or is it the coast? It's, yeah, the um... coast. They just walk down the road and there's yeah. the beach and you can see... Um, but you know like their house is really nice like you know the family is well off like they're not you know they could afford to have all these weddings with all these girls like, well, like there's a lot of diaries oh yeah because the is the father of the bride that has to pay the dowry or is it the other way around the father of the bride I don't know if that's how they do it in Turkey but everything else seems to be conforming to that kind of idea so I would imagine so yeah. probably the dowry no, is like bullets made out of gold and then they says, have to go and fetch she says something because she throws something at them and she's like there's my diary oh yeah they're throwing the but, uh, oh yeah I laughed so much when I realized that they were doing it they were throwing uh, fucking plastic supermarket bags and Lali is tallying them up to calculate how much because they have the, the tariff as they have here oh so they were calculating That's how much is like oh doing. one euro two euro. That's what she's doing. I didn't know that that was. 
<laughs> that's quite funny um and um the uh, uh, i think that i quite liked the movie uh, by the way orla edited that, uh, 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 that i did there uh, what i liked about this movie as well was the relationship between the truck driver and lally mm-hmm. it's very touching like a big brother yeah. sm- small sister but i also really liked that he gets there like one day driving her license lesson and you think oh she's gonna run off with the car and go to stumble in the car <laughs> which is ridiculous and she crashes the car 200 meters from the house yeah. but it made it worthwhile because it is the realistic thing to happen we didn't yeah. expect it to happen yeah if it, if that makes sense yeah no and i, I kinda... think it was very um uh but it served its purpose as well that they then, made yeah, their can then, way out. Yeah, but then he comes and helps them. Oh yeah, whenever he hugs her, um, whenever she, they're getting on the bus, is like it's really touching because he's just such a nice guy. But he's just like he's like, oh, you know, I can't be seen with you because you're a young girl. But you know, I'll help you, you know, because I'm decent. Um, oh yeah, when the, he she rings one of the delivery services. And she's like, oh, he has long hair. And the guy goes, oh, we don't hire homosexuals. So. <laughs> it's like so fucked up. Yeah. It's strange uh, considering the uh, the culture that this movie shows. Yeah. How oppressive it is against women. That Turkey in the developing world has one of the highest uh, percentage of female representatives in their parliament. Yeah. Well, like it's debatable how much power the parliament has in Turkey yeah, these well, days. That's but what I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it is there. It's not. Yeah. Well, like, what percentage in relation to other countries? Like, is it? Well, like, if you look at Brazil or something. Well, uh, I mean, to, let's say like Western countries, like America. Well, or America is about twenty-five percent. Yeah. And Turkey is about seventeen percent. Which is not such a huge difference when you yeah. difference when you consider the difference in how society treats women. They mm. obviously the, in both cases uh, equality hasn't been achieved yet. Yeah, but, but women is obviously closer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but as you said, it's kind of a uh, how much power does it actually have? Well, but the votes are still the votes. Yeah, uh, it's people still go and have to cast on the ballots or yeah. not it's not the they're just dummy uh... <laughs> yeah there's not a dummy election that yeah. people would just go oh we need 17% women otherwise there will be riots it's and as well to get 17% women is not just women voting because yeah. especially yeah, in the yeah. parliament is not like a presidential election that you can get 50% of the vote by just all the women voting yeah It'd be in a parliamentary election yeah, it's by so, a constituency so well, men I don't know. have I think to vote I suppose as well and then, like this film definitely illustrates that, that it's a really uneven country when it comes like between like urban and rural communities yeah the, the difference of the garments that people wear in yeah. Istanbul versus the yeah the like you know Istanbul is very cosmopolitan and very cosmopolitan when you compare it to like Anatolia or whatever you know so um, yeah it, it's just a weirdly, weirdly, like, unequal, uneven country. But um, I think this film is definitely, like, uh, successful at portraying, like, both worlds kind of uh, happening simultaneously. So that's, like, yeah, it's an interesting film. Yeah, and it's interesting that the director uh, was born in Turkey but grew up in France. So she has yeah. a insight of both sides of the spectrum, let's say, because France is one of the most liberal countries in that way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that it gives her an in to the world that is both genuine, Having but also been, being yeah. able to be judgmental about it. Yeah, I read an interview with her where she said that um, like after the experience of, like, when the film came out and, like, promoting it and everything, I think she was really heavily criticized in Turkey. And she said that, like, it was so it was so horrible that the, she would, she'd never make a film there again. <laughs> you can kind of, like, you can understand why it happened because it is very critical but um, uh, the other thing that I really, uh, want to mention is uh, interesting as well um, is number one so random that Warren Ellis scored the movie. Whenever, like, it's just so 
weird. It's like whenever you see the credits and it's like Turkish name, Turkish name, Turkish name, Warren Ellis. I was just picturing there him there like in the countryside with like his little violin and his beard. Like, yeah, it was like the, he probably eels. was in the, on holidays in Turkey and they just find him. Yeah, doing playing violin in the street and they just thought like he was a Turkish person. And in um, like that massive market in Istanbul, he's yeah. just there like. Yeah, selling eels or something. Yeah, like. yeah big pot of eels beside him. Talking about Nina Simone or something. <laughs> and uh, it is it's strange to to see a score that uh, he did by himself without Nick Yeah, Abe. yeah. And it kind of shows how much of the darkness and the oppressiveness of the scores that they yeah. do together comes from Cave. Uh, it. it well, like, if you see any of the documentaries or interviews with the two of them, you yeah. can see that Warren Ellis might be a weirdo, but he's, he's, a, he's a, a lighter soul. Yeah. Like, definitely. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I was thinking of, because um, they, they, like, the two of them did the score for Hell or High Water, didn't they? Yeah. And that's, like, you know, obviously, like, it sits the phone, but that is a really, like, you know. Yeah, you see, it's like, a, Assassination of Jesse James. Yeah, um, they're all really. The Road. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was interesting kind of like sort of hearing him because it, it still sounds very much like him. You know, it's that kind of sound, but um, it really suited the movie. Like, I think it was, the soundtrack was great. Yeah, and it's... It doesn't uh, feel out of place or anything. Yeah, and it's very minimalistic in a way. It doesn't... Uh, if you pay attention to it, yeah, you notice how good it is musically and what it's doing in the movie, but at the same time where... It's not in your face at all. Yeah, it doesn't jump at you, but you can still listen to it without the pictures. Let's say I would be able to sit down and just listen to the soundtrack on my way to work or something. Mm, Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That you wouldn't be able... like uh, Music and films have been moving away from that to something yeah. that is not really emotional or and melodic. It's just, just becoming kind of bland background noise, really. It's not... Yeah, there's a very interesting episode on uh, Every Frame of Painting. That, yeah, on the Marvel uh, films. Yeah, yeah. Hello, my name is Tony. And this... <laughs> <laughs> this is Every Frame of Painting. Um, yeah, uh, it's kind of... Yeah, there's... Well, that marker mode... Um, uh, where he did the series for BBC Radio 4, I think? Or BBC Radio... I can't remember. Who's Mark but, um, I don't know. Some I don't know. Some guy looks like Michael Gove. Um. Oh, jeez. <laughs> He'll kill you if he listens to this. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Um, but uh, he did a series on soundtracks as well. And that, they have an episode where they kind of talk about that. Talk about that. And it's um, like modern soundtracks and how they're completely... Um, on original but they don't stick in your head in the way that like the classic soundtracks do and like across all even genres even like John Williams well. the, I know that you're not a big fan of John Williams but yeah. you can well the, the, the classics yeah like yeah, you can and across... home in your head or James Horner if you think about the soundtrack of let's say a historic epic uh, Kingdom of Heaven which is not a bad soundtrack yeah versus Something like either Gladiator or uh, Braveheart. Yeah. The the soundtrack of Braveheart is better than Braveheart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's interesting how everything it's kind of moved away from that. Um, What was your favorite thing about the movie? My favorite thing about the movie is how the director was able to create the world through close-ups. Which yeah, is a lot of really tight shots in this. And especially when you consider that the movie's set in the countryside, then it's about girls and freedom a large house as well yeah it's a large space it'd be easy as well to try to show the landscape and glorify the the place because it Mm. is a beautiful place but because even when they're outside she uses mostly medium shots or uh wide shots that don't show a lot it'd be like when they're in the cafe showing off the girls because they want to get them off the house uh, (laughs) to so Man can perv of them. I go like, oh, I want to only one. Um, My favorite thing. Oh yeah, what's your favorite thing? <laughs> never think about me. It's all about you. Well, this it's because my opinion show. is a man. <laughs> <laughs> Just an opinion. Um, yeah, when I watched that movie, I'm like, I wish that I was a fundamentalist society. I'd have <laughs> so much more power. On the choice of wives. Um, <laughs> I favorite thing is probably um how she manages to create such a realistic relationship between the girls 
and how you know you never never think that they're not sisters it's a really realistic portrayal of like young girls and like their relationship to each other and everything and i think like um i don't know if these were uh first time actresses or I well don't know. one of them has uh, another page in wikipedia which is as far as i got my research <laughs> but in depth the other ones don't so i'd say the uh, the one that plays the second younger sister the, yeah the one that looks like an actress yeah she's got but she kind fits of a, in in the she's got a mainstream look yeah but, <laughs> yeah I, I i do think that they're they're great and that by the way uh for the record uh that bit about fundamentalist so <laughs> society it's satire you can't backtrack now man yeah. <laughs> it's on the record what was your least favorite thing about the movie well, I was going to say that it, it put a bad taste in my mouth re-watching uh, Fiddler on the Roof because it's about marrying <laughs> off your children. Ruined but, forever. Ah, uh, sure, but the music is still good. Um, <laughs> um, I think my least favorite thing is just, um, in a way, is the portrayal of men in the movie. Yeah. The, no, there's no sympathetic male characters. Well, there is sympathetic male well, characters. Yeah, there are, yeah. Uh, but it's, there's no grey areas in the male characters where there is even in the society no. let's say they either you're the 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 driver who is a yeah, sound but egg he, or he was still like quite wary of lale because he's like oh do you know what would happen to me if i was caught with you you know like unsupervised yeah but like he's worried about like both of them kind of thing uh, and that's yeah, why at yeah. the end of the day it makes his choice to help them out even like take a bigger meaning yeah that's true because it's not just driving somebody to a bus station if yeah. you don't think that is just like <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah my savior <laughs> <laughs> taking a risk but and i think that it, the, the feminist point of the movie would be made stronger the even reasonable men mm, yeah would still allow these things in society to occur because there are characters that are not developed well, that, whatsoever, like the husband kind guess, of thing. About the uncle is that he was more interesting before the whole rape battle thing came out, yeah. or the whole like abuse thing came out, because you know, like he he did, even though he was kind of a clearly a, just you know his main character trait was being an asshole. I think he was slightly more. There were, you know, there was slightly more to him and you could kind of understand him in the context of, like, the society and where he's from and everything. I'm not saying that he had many shades of grey, but, like, um, they're not 50. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, but, yeah. I thought you were going to leave that hanging so the audience could just fill it in with their brain. But you no. went there. You did a Ricardo. That's I spoon a... feed. I spoon feed. Um. <laughs> no trust in our audience. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think I think that's a good point. Um, what is your least favorite thing, Orla? Uh, the whole storyline with the uncle and the abuse. <laughs> um, yeah, just I don't think it, it worked or was necessary, and it sort of gave it a whole other level that it didn't really need. It just yeah. Yeah, and I also think that there is a in modern society, even in the not modern society, modern culture, art, film, television, books. Mm. That there's a tendency uh, when there's uh, female heroines that somehow fucking Over. rape ends up as a plot yeah. point uh, here and there. And even if it's dealt very well, let's say like it's Jessica Jones, yeah, that it's still, it's something that is so touchy and so, uh, it's, how can I put it? It's the, if you, I know what you mean. if yeah. you were doing something, uh, with a black character and every Everything single movie has about, a, a, yeah. a, a, some racial crime against that character yeah oh, or, I, I don't know though that it's like that like rape and and is so prevalent within well, like, a, like i like mention no. any 10 top 10 random shows that you go in and there's at least sexual assault in in an episode here and there in TV shows. Yeah, but <sighs> like it's a story. Like if you think well, of all I, the storylines that you like, can go if you, for, if you look at like yeah, I know, but like say if you talk about like race, 
I mean, if you have a film that has black characters or, you know, like any minority and it's set even within modern times and if if race is not brought into it, even in like subtle... Is the race will be brought into it. Yeah. But it doesn't go to the nuclear option. It's in the sense that they will show uh, how society is... uh, built against the minority but not in every film somebody gets shot by a cop yeah yeah that's true yeah well you showed the casual racism as as you said that that um I went in my mind and I was like, Mad Men, nope, Joan. And I was like, The Americans, nope. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Game well, of Thrones is a bad example. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, a, any top kind of show, there's something very... Um, or even the Breaking Bad that is not sexual assault is when he leaves her to die. Spoiler alert. Uh, on oh, her own yeah, sake yeah. but it's, it's and that's also that... Jessica Jones yeah oh no and it's in the uh, uh, but the point is well it's kind of um that he doesn't turn her is that they're in a bed together mm. after having sex so it's like this sexualization of often as well where I'm like I'm gonna say it it's mostly male writers um where in order to make a female character interesting that is given as like an interesting part of their character oh she was raped so you know rather than actually you know what I mean it's all it becomes a character trait rather yeah. than uh... it's like this is why she's a badass because she was raped it's like yeah it's, it's... yeah like even in the fucking it's just lazy true writing. detective and yeah is that men male characters have a big gamut it's like oh you can have the dead wife, the dead kid. You can, oh, I killed somebody by accident. <laughs> I went broke. I lost a family house. I uh, you know, like, broke my family like apart. Like real people and I their wide divorced. range of problems. Yeah, and then it's like women, oh, yeah, she she either got raped or her husband left her. Oh, my. Yeah. If you see the, the difference Every between... Every bad thing that happens to a woman always seems to have something to do with a man. Um... So that was Mustang, and next week's film is uh, my pick, and it's... Uh, is it the class or la- <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Um, in, and it's um, Taika Waititi's uh, <laughs> Hunt for the Wilder People. So uh, that's a really recent release, so... Well, I suppose Mustang was as well, but that, that was like last year, like I think so. Um, Keeping it modern. Down with the kids. <laughs> so that was the recommendation game. And where can they find us, Ricardo? Uh, in the real world, somewhere in Dublin. Uh, drinking points. Uh, in the World Wide Web. Yeah, you can find us in Twitter on at the rec game. On Facebook, the recommendation game. And you can email us on the recommendation game at gmail.com. And um, I was and still am Ricardo Deacon. <laughs> I was Orla McNeilis. And catch you later. Thanks for listening.